if you need all those substances to like make yourself feel energized, there's something wrong with your system. You should be able to generate energy. That's what we do. And that you've suppressed it somehow. And that's why you need all these other things. And that just really opened my head up. I was like, whoa, he's he's right. Like that's that is the real problem is that I'm not taking care of my system. And so now I need these additional things to get myself going and not to like demonize it completely. But like that's the that's the reality, though. It's like at least know what it is and then see how far away from it you are. Hello, everyone. I'm Abhinav Jain and this is the real Abinov audio experience. Welcome to the real Abinov audio experience. This is your host, Abinov Jan, and I aspire to make this podcast go beyond the surface. In this podcast, I intend to bring you insights from the topmost performers, no matter what industry they're in. We talk about how they've done things differently to grow their minds and keep their physical and mental health in shape. My mission with this podcast is to help overwhelmed individuals learn ways to reduce their depression, anxiety, and live with peace and love. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Blossom Media Studio. Thank you so much for creating and distributing my podcast and taking away literally every single thing that's involved with podcasting so I can just spend the time to talk to my guests and create great episodes. Hello and welcome back everyone to another episode of the Real Abinov Audio Experience. Today, I have guest Doc Frank, who's here joining me all the way from the East Coast, who again, I met on this wonderful app called TikTok, telling the whole world about how they need to improve themselves and better themselves with addiction uh, of all different kinds. Doc Frank, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited to do this this morning. So thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you as as a doctor and how you even got your way into like this space on TikTok, just to maybe a quick background and then we'll get right into it. Yeah, of course. So I'm I'm actually a chiropractor. So by trade, that's what my doctorate is in. It's in chiropractic therapy. If we go back now, maybe two years ago, I uh, started making content on TikTok. I was at a social media seminar and I was learning about making social media content for my chiropractic business. Mm -hmm. And while I was at the seminar, I said, you know what? I don't want to talk about chiropractic. I want to talk about nicotine addiction, THC addiction, porn addiction. I was like, (laughs) I don't want to talk about, I'm going to jump right into the the good stuff. So I started putting a message out on TikTok saying, Hey, listen, there's these addictions out there that we know of them, but I don't think we really understand the severity of them, especially when they're in combination with one another. If you take Mm -hmm. nicotine, THC, energy drinks, and pornography, and you have someone the ages of 16, 17, 18, consume that daily on a reoccurring basis till the age of 28, 29, you know, right around the age that I did every day, that typically is going to have some type of negative impact on their life. Oh yeah. And I didn't feel anyone was really a addressing that from that angle. So um, once I learned that there was an audience for it, I went and I got a bunch of certifications and addiction recovery coaching. And I just kept making content, made the TikTok, the YouTube. And now today we have a course and a group coaching program and we do public speaking and all types of fun stuff, helping people with it. So that's a brief synopsis of it all. Well, that's so awesome because the great part about that is it's like, it's part of the direction that I want to head in so that you're like, you're like me, like looking into the future a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, a little. Yeah. There's definitely, it's fun. You know, there's, we we can talk about that whenever you, there's definitely a lot more growth to go. You know, it's kind of a, 
it's kind of a tough process. Like when I got on TikTok, my company logo is a hyena. And I, a lot of my intro videos is this like horrible hyena sound. I really should change it because now <laughs> people complain about it. But people are like, why did you choose a hyena? And I, because I knew I was going to get a lot of hate when I came out and talked about those things. Like it's one thing to come out and say like, hey, opioids are bad or heroin's bad. I think we all agree. Yeah. But when you're, when you're in, not when you're kind of implying to someone that smoking weed might be a problem for them or that like you're, you're insulting a way of life for that person. So, so I, so when it first starts, it's a little rough, you know, it was a little rough in the beginning. There was a lot of memes surrounding myself and my account. And to be honest, it was overwhelming at first because of the rate at which content spreads on TikTok. Um, one of my voiceovers made barstool sports early on. I remember I was like, wow, that's, that's wild. Like, you know, in a very joking manner, which was funny, but I was like, that's, that's crazy. And then, um, you know, slowly people started to respect it. They were like, Hey, this guy doesn't seem to be going away. And maybe he does have a point about nicotine and energy drinks and all this stuff. Maybe there really is more to it than just, you know, what we're talking about now. No, that's right on the money. I mean, it's, one thing you mentioned, which I think really struck to me when I started making some content on TikTok about basically saying like, hey, if you're, you know, 18 through 25 and you smoke weed and you're having anxiety or you feel depressed or you feel like you have low motivation, like ask a question. I would just make a 15 second video. And God, I got like hundreds of comments from kids that are, I shouldn't call them kids, young adults that are yeah. basically, I mean, they're basically kids. They're like 10 year old kids telling me they're smoking like seven grams of weed a day. I'm going like, where you get this kind of money first off? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yep. how does this work? And, and it's just like comments after comments. Like, I hate school. I feel stuck. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. I feel lost. And I'm like, you would feel like that already if you were probably around that age, but I'm sure the cannabis has made it so much worse. And then the accessibility of things like vape cartridges and all, which is like, so like from the pocket to the mouth, press of a button, you're, you're high. Like before you realize even the repercussions of your actions, you're already like way up top, right? Like it was a lot of work for me to get high, especially when I was younger. And then even into my early adult life, while I was still, you know, back at home at one point, but it was, uh, it was a lot of work. Like I had to get a bull, I had to get a one hitter. I had to fire up like you know, I had a volcano vaporizer, all these fun things. And, but it was a lot of work. Like there was a scent to it. I didn't want to smell. Like I really had to kind of plan out the process. And once the cartridges hit the market and that's right around when I quit, I had some really bad experiences with some black market stuff. Um, But those were just so easy. And, and I was like, wow, this is, this is scary. This is uh this is a different type of high. This is, I don't know. I didn't so like it. So distilled and so chemically like just enriched. Oh my gosh. It, it was very different. It yeah. was very, the dank vape carts, they hit really different here in New York state. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good high. Um, I remember smoking one time and thinking like I had brain damage from it. And I thought, I, am I going to be like this the rest of my life? Like, did I just permit? I remember going to bed thinking like, I hope I wake up normal. And I kept using after that. That was the scary thing. That wasn't yeah. even the point that I fully quit, but yeah, it's, it's a different ball game these days. And you know, it's sad too, because you, you may have seen this. I, I talk, especially younger people. And there's this, this general misconception that like, you can't really withdraw from it's all psychological. Like that's just, that's not true anymore. And I'm not like a scientist. I'm not having any of the research. So I'm not going to talk from that. But, but I can tell you, like we have people going through substance abuse withdrawal 
and some of these people going through cannabis withdrawal, it's extreme. It's hard. But it, it, it's really, really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary. Yeah, I think the few things I've seen you talk about, which obviously you have used it, so you understand, like when you stop taking it, like the sleep sucks, your appetite sucks. Like you're not able to feel like yourself because you've been spending too much time in this altered state and now you don't know what it's like to be in this normal state. And I think part of it is like the dopamine overload, right? You've just exhausted yourself. So you don't know how to get that natural high anymore of yourself. It's a really sad thing. And that's kind of what I say. Like it's that, and especially if you put that in conjunction with like, let's take your typical day. Like I'd wake up, I'd have a energy drink or a pre-workout, maybe a combination of the two. Then, you know, on my way to work, on my way to school, pump some nicotine, go home at night. Maybe it's video games or binging some type of media content while high. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a massive drip a of dopamine of all, all day long. So now you go to go to work or you go to work on something that you actually care about. And it's not that interesting anymore. And your brain is like, this is cool. Like, yeah, starting a business is cool, but you know, what's really cool. Like getting high and playing like a first person shooter game and then maybe watching some, you know, adult media content after, and then you can even rip nicotine again. And maybe there's alcohol mixed in. Not to mention food. And then all the food, all the junk food. Like you never have an appetite control. Like you just keep eating. You just ate like 20 minutes ago and now you can eat a pizza. You're like, what is this? That's a really, really good point. And then you feel terrible. And then that's what happens. So, and that's the thing I try to explain to people too. Like, and you, as I think we said in the beginning, you're around the same age. This, this stuff has a cumulative impact. Like I didn't understand the basics of this concept. So you, I'm going to use smoking a cigarette just for example, but you smoke 10 cigarettes, 10 packs of cigarettes. You're probably going to feel okay. You might feel a little lousy, but at the end of the day, like you're not going to get cancer from that. It's unlikely. Like that would be pretty unheard of. You know, you might get some lung agitation, some things like that, but you're probably going to be all right. You're Mm. 18 years old. You smoke a few cigarettes, no big deal. Life goes on. But cumulatively, when you repeat these behaviors over and over and over again, you go from feeling fine to one day waking up and saying, oh, shit, I have cancer. Mm. Like something bad happened when you turn, you know, approaching that 40 years old, 50 years old. Like, and again, I'm talking about cigarettes here, but it's the same type of thing when I talk to people about addiction and the consequences of addiction. It's like, I felt fine too when I was 18, 19, doing all these things. I felt great. Like I was working out every day. I was in phenomenal shape. But then one day I woke up and I was like, wow, I really don't feel great anymore. I've got a quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could take one minute of your time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way and I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you've already done that, thank you again. Please share this episode with someone you know, a friend or family member, download the episode or share the link, whatever works for you. Now let's get back to it. And my life is not at all as where I expect it to be. I wonder if the past seven years, nine years of behavior, that cumulative effect finally caught up. And that's how I try. And that's a message that I try and get to people. Like I felt fine too, when I was your age doing all this stuff, but it, it it all catches up like out of nowhere. It's a really weird thing. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. Well, if I made like maybe dig in a little bit, I would love to hear from your story when you decided to 
introspect into your life and see that, okay, now I'm at a point where I need to maybe quit, you know, smoking and maybe improve my habits. Cause you know, we could dive in on the whole nicotine as well as like the caffeine. I mean, I used to be a bodybuilder, so I'm not foreign to waking up and taking a caffeine pill and then taking a pre-workout and then realize by my end of the day, I probably consumed a thousand milligrams of caffeine and you know, how quickly the tolerance would build up on something like that. But maybe tell us a little bit about the time when you decided you needed to change like and and you started to develop better habits perhaps or what were those for you because cannabis maybe specifically i'd be interested in knowing about yeah so for me my cannabis story is tweaked i tell people so i i I started smoking dry herb and i wasn't like a daily smoker maybe on an occasion Mm -hmm. on a sunday i'd smoke during the day but it was at night like i would you know smoke with buddies at night you know when i had roommates Or like on a weekend, I would smoke at night. And in the beginning, it was actually fun. Like it slowed down my drinking. I had a really good time with my friends. I I remember times where I'd like never laughed so hard going way back to like my early days. Like I really do. Yeah. Good, like good memories there. And then it came to where I was using every night. I was like, okay, I can't really sleep without this anymore. And I'm getting really stressed if I don't come home and smoke at like, you know, I do my work for school and whatever else I had to do. But then I'd be like, okay, now I got, I got to smoke now um, before bed. And it just kind of kept transitioning to even where like I'd go away on a vacation and I'd be like, oh, I got to find weed. Like maybe I'll hit up like the bus boy or the valet guy. I, you know, they usually got weed or like, you know, it just came to this point where I really couldn't go without it. And then that just kind of kept getting worse and worse. And the whole time I was growing in frustration because maybe to an outsider's perspective, like I had a chiropractic business. I was in relatively good shape. Like I was always in some type of relationship. Things looked pretty good, but in my mind, I wasn't Mm -hmm. anywhere near where I thought I would be or where I wanted to be. Like I thought I would be much farther ahead in life than, than that. And then it came to a point where I was back living at home because I couldn't afford like my business and rent and all these things were just kind of getting a mess. I was out of another relationship and I was getting pretty big into like, we had like the dank vape carts and the Mario carts and the cereal carts. And I'll be honest, like I'm not a dumb person, but those were brand new, like way ahead before they were mainstream. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, my plug would be like, oh yeah, we got these from $35 some, for a gram. Exactly. From some <laughs> dispensary. And no, in New York, they were charging more like $50, like for tra- garbage yeah. and TKO carts. And some of them were so well done. Like they looked so real. I yeah. mean, just so imp- not the dank vapes in retrospect. I'm like, Oh my God. But like, you know, I mean, like organic third party. On this note on that, people don't understand that anybody can print packaging and label I, today. <laughs> I didn't fully understand that. Like that took time for me to comprehend. Like I yeah. really didn't get that because here's the thing. I, and this is where I think things started to change. I never was one who like, took drugs. Like I smoked weed that a buddy of mine grew. Like I didn't really have to worry about what am I buying and who am I buying it from? So I just assumed I'm looking at this nicely sealed package, not the dank vapes, but let's say the TKOs that were coming through. And I just assumed it was from something reputable because it looks so reputable. I didn't realize the extent that a dealer, a manufacturer will go to to make this product. Now, you know, I'm well-versed and I've done, a, I dove really deep into how these things develop. But at the time I didn't, I didn't know, like, I just, I didn't know. We'd, and being in New York, New York, 
we didn't have anything. Like we didn't have like dispensaries and all that stuff at the time. Sure. So this was totally new, but that's when I really started. I started smoking carts at night and my health was like rapidly declining mentally. Like I was getting nightly panic attacks, social anxiety. I couldn't even look at like clients anymore. I was personal training at the time too. Just my mental health and my physical health was rapidly declining. I was developing like early symptoms of that cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. You wake up and nauseous and stuff? Nauseous all the time, couldn't eat. I lost about maybe 18 to 20 pounds. Like I looked, I, I, I tell people like, I looked like I was on drugs. Like I really started to look different, you know, not like, oh, that guy smokes weed here and there. It's like, wow, what's going on with him? He doesn't look right. Like, is he sick? Is something going on? And that was just from hitting it two, three times at night. That wasn't even constant use. Now, I someone could easily say, was that from the cannabis? Was that from all the other junk in those things? Yeah, it was a combination of stuff. That wasn't pure cannabis I was consuming. and that was it. That was kind of my breaking point. I just said, you know what? I'm I'm nowhere where I want to be. I'm back living at home. I'm in my late 20s. I, you know, I have half my life going really good and this other half going really bad. I got to change. Yeah. I, I don't have a choice. I have to change. And that was it. I just woke up and I stopped everything. And then that was where the thoughts started to develop very rapidly. I want to talk about this with other people. I want to help other people. And that was a big part of my sobriety. Like, building the TikTok, building the YouTube, like talking about it and helping others continues to be a big part. So that makes sense because then the urges you had, like, shit, I can't sleep or my appetite's bad. Like those ideas are actually coming from your real life experience and you're actually talking about them. And then I'd get an urge or a craving. I'd be like, screw it. Instead of getting high, I'm just going to make a TikTok video. I'm just going to go watch a YouTube video, how to grow YouTube. It's like, if I'm going to be up for 24 hours, I might as well make it worthwhile. So that, that was the shift in, in mindset. Um, How about on the actionables around like some of the symptoms around like the sleep deprivation feeling of like, you know, just, you know, you mentioned insomnia, I think in one of the videos I saw, like, how did you deal with those? Cause I think, I mean, I personally have tried, you know, taking melatonin at times, obviously you can't depend on that either. Cause then that's a hormone. It gets addictive on that. Sure. So like, what were some of the things that worked for you? It, it, it all came down to lifestyle. Like everything came down to mindset and lifestyle. And really like I had seen therapists and stuff. It was really a business coach that was helping with my chiropractic. He was like, dude, you're either going to figure this out and get yourself better. He was like, or you're going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. And that was that. He was like, that. that's your choice. So, so what do you want to do here? I was like, oh, sh- shit, he's right. Like, this is real. Like, this is, yeah, like, this just, this isn't therapy. Like, he's right. At the end of the day, like, this, this is, this is real. So what do you do? I did simple stuff. I started going to the gym more frequently. Like, I had kind of stopped working out at this point in my life, something that I was at one point passionate about. Started waking up earlier, going to the gym. And by going to the gym, I mean, I was walking on a treadmill for 40 minutes and then sitting in the sauna for 10 minutes. I physically couldn't do more than that. Yeah. Or my body would hurt. I get sick. I get tired during the day. Like I was too unhealthy to handle more than that. Um, but really it was exercise changing my nutrition around. I went back to eating just healthy stuff. I got away from a lot of junk food. I got kind of into the intermittent fasting and, you know, paleo keto and all those things. And, uh, I, that was really it. I just focused on my work. It wasn't I didn't do anything great. And when I felt like the insomnia or the withdrawal symptoms, 
and this is what we talk about addiction mindset. I just said, okay, this is that addiction leaving my body. This is actually me healing. So this isn't me struggling. I was struggling before. This is actually me healing and my body rebalancing. Yeah, so I'm just yeah. going to have to deal with it. And that was it. It wasn't like anything. There was no, there was nothing magical. There was no, and I tried the supplements and this and that. And I, I tried all those things and it just never, I think at the end of the day, your body just has to rebalance yes. that endocannabinoid system, you know, that dopamine, that serotonin, it just needs to recalibrate and figure out how to live, you know, normally again. I mean, there's um, so much of what you said is relatable to me because I understood that when I was going through the same process, like going to the gym for 10 minutes, even though I didn't want to be there, was something I could tolerate. And I had to just start with that. And I think that's the message that a lot of the younger adults that are behind us who maybe don't have a business to like keep themselves busy. They ask like, well, I have no motivation. I don't know what to do with myself. I have no hobbies. Like I'm, they're like completely have nothing going on. And all they do is literally sit there and smoke weed and COVID didn't help obviously. But like, No, no, that know. was sad. Yeah, no, that didn't help at all. You're absolutely right. The gym, it's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. Well, the other thing that also actually was funny, my mom, uh, who who's in the medical field as well, she, she actually recommended to me, uh, you know, and I'm also Indian. She's like, you should look at yoga. You should look at some meditation. And I was like, what is this? Like, I don't want to do this. It sounds silly. Right. And I, and I was a former bodybuilder. And I was like, how's that going to help me? Like how, you know what I'm saying? Like I had no concept of it. And surprisingly, you know, after doing more research on it as well, like it, it actually does release uh, certain type of chemicals that actually, you know, bind to that endocannabinoid system within you. So you can get a natural high from meditation, which is mind blowing. Yoga was huge. I was huge into yoga. I There was points throughout my journey where I quit for like some extended periods of time, but I had yeah. relapsed. But I had some of my best success early on in that mm -hmm. journey, like with yoga, you know, and then eventually I stopped doing it. And But yoga was huge. Yeah, that was a great thing for me. That was a great experience. So I usually recommend maybe let's see how we can add to this list. So I usually always recommend for people that are trying to just improve themselves in general with habits, like having something where you're regimented to exercise is always good. Learning how to meditate, not necessarily even knowing how to do poses of yoga, but because you can sit still or figure out if you can't sit still, that that's a real important thing to kind of go deep on. If you're not able to sit still for 10 minutes, there's a problem with you, right? Like mm -hmm. You need to work on that. And then I always talk about, you know, this is from the bodybuilding days, keeping a journal like of how you're feeling, what you're focusing on. And there's some other good high, like, um, there's a high performance journal that I found, which is really helpful laying out your thoughts. Like, what am I looking forward to in the day? What will trip me up today? How can I manage that? So you're getting a pre, you know, cursor to your day before you even start. And then outside of that, like, I'm curious to hear what other things have you found that have worked for you? Those were, those were honestly the big things and then things that I was passionate about. So like people say, like, I, I wasn't passionate about YouTube. Like I never thought I would have a YouTube channel that just developed from getting curious about things. You know, I never was passionate about making TikToks, 
that just developed from exploring that idea. Yeah. So you have to start, maybe in the back of my mind, I always knew like, I want my face to be somewhere. I want to interact with people. I want to do public speaking. Let me give it, I always knew I wanted to do public speaking. Like that's okay. something I always knew I wanted to do. And I thought, how can I do that? Like, why is someone going to hire me? Like I got a doctorate, but I want to talk about addiction. So a lot of people are going to blow me off. They're going to, no, you're a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. We'd rather hire M- MD John or Mary to come in and talk to the kids. Who has never smoked weed or done shit. Who has never had any experience <laughs> with any of this stuff. Not smoked, not talked about addiction before. Yeah. Like just, and, and then they come in and they're talking about Nicorette gum. Like I've been to those seminars. I've seen them. They still go on a lot today, yeah. which is fine. It's fine. But So my thing was, how am I going to get to public speaking? And I thought my avenue can be through social media. So now I can leverage followers and viewership to schools, to businesses. Um, I can use that miniature celebrity status to book a gig with the crowd that I'm looking to speak to. So then I had to learn, okay, how do I now build social media? So then I learned YouTube's a great resource. How do I start a YouTube channel? Yeah. How do you grow a YouTube channel? And then that, that gets deeper. How do I increase my watch time? How do I edit a video? How, what is click-through It's a huge rate? rabbit hole. It's a huge rabbit hole. So <laughs> now for someone who has an addicted brain, who's just obsessed and will hit that lever over and over again until they pass out, that's a great rabbit hole for me to go down. I'm yeah. helping people. It's a business. I'm learning more and I'm having fun with it. Yeah, but it, yeah. it didn't start with that. It started with just simply feeling better and then ideas. Like, what would I like to do? What mm-hmm. else could I do? What else am I good at? And then those ideas just slowly kept growing over time. Um, and that, that was it. Like, there, that was it. I don't, yeah. there's not like, I read, so I do a lot of the, the lifestyle stuff, I guess you could say, I might relax differently from other people. Like, so I'll still do yoga. I'll still do weight training, meditation. Maybe my meditation, I'd say more occurs if I'm doing yoga and stretching. That's just kind of like my quiet time. Um, But the rest of the time, like I'm making content and I'm, what else do I do? I got some hobbies, you know, that I, I mean, do. You're stacked, family. bro. You work so much. I, like, I just remember getting your schedule out. It was just like, like, it's just that purpose though. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's when I feel best. That's when I'm having fun. When I have a million and not everyone is like that. Like some people are like, dude, that would just cause me to relapse. Like that would just be way too much. Yeah. For me, I just can't have downtime. So I'm constantly trying to fill that until I want downtime in the end of the evening or whenever it is, I'm trying to chill. Um, well, let me I don't ask know. You it's this. probably not great advice to people, but no, no, it's, it's your opinion. I mean, it's your, your perspective. It's very important. I think, let me ask you this. Were you ever a person maybe prior to smoking or maybe if, to your recollection, like, cause I know, I feel like I was, uh, to a certain level, I was always been an emotional person. And I know that I used to get anxious, uh, at a younger age, but then when I was a bodybuilder, like I developed this, this sort of this strength in me, to kind of be like, I could push myself beyond what other people can, you know, and that helped me. But then when I stopped working out and I was working a lot, starting to get stress, cannabis was a great outlet to like start to release some of that stress until that started to perpetuate even more anxiety because you can, like, I'm a thinker. I can think a lot. And I was just like now on like a hyper track of, I can think like 15 thoughts in a second or type of thing, you know? 
And it was it was really something that was interesting to me because I was it took me down the rabbit hole of learning more about psychology and learning more about how our mind works and our and like thoughts and emotions, even a spiritual path of like understanding what do we truly know about our experience that's not like textbook, which is some of it's like not even really tested. You know, so I'm curious to hear, were you at all like that? And and the reason I'm asking this is because there's a lot of there's a whole culture out there that promotes cannabis use for kind of lifting your perspective and, and, you know, seeing things from a different angle, like not just from a addictive mindset of like compulsively smoking, but what, what are your thoughts? I think there was a point where maybe it did kind of like, there was a point in school where I really actually believe cannabis helped me. Like I would kind of smoke at night. It would chill me out. I'd wake up feeling like really refreshed and just really focused the next day. Mm -hmm. And it was a good feeling. Um, I don't know as far as about the spiritual side of things go. Like I'm, I, I wouldn't consider myself overly like I'm open to that, but no, I never got real big into the, the like, I don't even know what the word would be. That reminds me almost a little bit like psychedelics, like how psychedelics yeah. can kind of Open up. unlock different places and potentially cure PTSD and cure depression for people. And I think that's awesome. Um, I never got super into that. No, that yeah. just, I never really went down that road. I was very focused at all times on my individual experience that I was having with cannabis. Like it was just, I didn't even really care about someone else's. I just wanted like, what is happening in my body right now while I'm smoking weed? And for me, it was like, towards the end, this is going really shitty. So I'd be listening to someone say, hey, cannabis is great for the anxiety and the PTSD. And this can really unlock that creative side. And I'd be like, well, I'm 27, back living at home. I don't have money that I want and I'm on the verge of losing my business. So I don't think so. So for that was just my breakdown. Now, for someone else, it could be a totally different story. They could say, listen, I was addicted to all these other drugs. I had PTSD. I was a veteran of war and I use cannabis and my life is done a complete 360 and I am just such a better person. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible. Like, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Like keep doing that. So no, that's, that's, a, my that's take. a great point. I, I, I like that. I think, yeah, you can't generalize it for everyone. And there's definitely certain benefits of it. And I think the where, where I was going with it was I do find it that for certain people that are very anxious at times or are, you know, struggling with certain mental health stuff, it can be a, a helping tool Obviously, there's a point of diminishing return with everything you do, you know, like even like working out too much is bad for you. All these supplements that you take, all that stuff has a point of diminishing return. But with cannabis as well, I thought that, you know, we do we do have to remember that, you know, a large dose of, of cannabis is actually no different than uh, like a minor psychedelic dose. So like for someone that's under 25 or a young adult that's like taking all this, especially those carts that are like 97% THC. Bro, like you're going to go to some realms in your head that you probably aren't ready to tolerate. You know, you're, you're like you're seeing behind the curtain too quickly, so to speak. Like I felt like that when at 25 or 26 when I was doing it. So I never did cannabis until I was like already done being an accomplished champion, making like six figures in, in, yeah. in engineering. And I was like already doing really well. Like I buy, like you said, I'll buy all public views on eyes on me. I was like, dude, this guy's doing great. But I was just like, what is going on with me? Why do I keep consuming the substance. And I went deeper and deeper into like, what am I about? What's my life all about? Where am I headed? 
and really big questions. And I feel like these these young adults are hit with these questions now at such a young age where they're not even barely walking and they don't even have good routines or regimens to even feel like they have some worth really. And and now they're just, you know, kind of a, not say lost cause, but it almost feels like to them that they have, a, they have nowhere to go. It feels like to them that there's a lost cause. And I think we got to look back and say like, this is a big thing that bothers me. And I'm not, I'm all for school, college, whatever someone yeah. wants to do. I don't have strong opinions on that, but I do notice like, why are so many kids needing to be so stoned just to get through like a class? Like, are they, are we that far off on what we're talking about? And like, I can kind of feel that. Like I was pretty chopped up during most of my college and I did great. I had like a 3.5 GPA. I did good. Like I got, you know, I got a relatively high degree at the end of it. But like, I look at that and I just, I don't know. I see that now at a young age and like, what is going on? Like, why? Why do you have to be high 24 seven day to maintain any interest in life? Like, yeah, that's, that scares me. That, that's scary. What do you think it is? I mean, part of it is the fear of missing out. They think that the high life is not going to be that good if they stop. I want to take another quick moment to thank our sponsors, Podcast Backdrops. If you do any kind of video content or pictures online or you're doing any sort of selling over Zoom calls, you really need to check them out because it will make you look professional from the get-go. Having your brand, your logo, and what you're all about behind you, hiding all your clutter, makes you look so much more professional when you put yourself out there on the internet. So check out Podcast Backdrops if you want to level up your game. Yeah, I always say my response to that is you're already missing out. You just don't know what you're missing out on. Um, you're high all the time. You don't you don't know. You're 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 scared of missing out on the high. But like my situation, I would have missed out on the TikTok, the YouTube. I wouldn't be sitting here on this podcast. This is what I would have been missing yeah, out on, like point. all this stuff. So I always say, they always say it to me like, oh, with my buddies, I'm like, you're missing out. And now usually this person is at a point where they're thinking about quitting too. So, you know, but yeah, you're missing out. If you're at that point where you're constantly high, you're missing, you're missing something. You're missing something. And one of the things that I think has struck with some of my TikTok audiences is that a lot of them that are younger and smoking weed, they're not necessarily quote unquote depressed, even though they use that term, they're very disappointed as to like, how am I so messed up? Like, and maybe some of them can't talk to their parents about it and all. Right. So this is where having an outlet like going to you or coming to our page, whatever, collectively, that's such a good thing that we're able to provide. It's amazing. And that's the other thing that blows my mind, too. I'm like, why? And, and you know, we're very strict in our program. Like if someone DMs me, it's a generic response like, hey, here's free content. I can't talk to you unless you can prove you're over 18. And if you're under 18, like I'm not going to have a conversation with you. It's too touch and go in today's world. Like you just can't do that. Now, this is the thing. Why do I have so many 13 year olds messaging me a random stranger on TikTok asking me for help? Mm -hmm. Like that, that to me is also very alarming. Now I get it because that's, that's how we communicate through social media. So, so I do understand to an extent, but I'm just like, what's going on? Like if I was now, and I did not have a perfect family life either growing up by any means. And some people have it really bad. So I do understand, but I'm like, I would have had a friend I could go to like before I went to a guy on TikTok, I would have had some other options. Yeah. Maybe family member, maybe a teacher, maybe a counselor, maybe a best friend. But for a lot of these people reaching out, they're like, no, you are my only option right now. And that to me is kind of crazy too. Uh, I, I don't, 
fully understand that. Um, and it's not always someone from like, I can't talk to my family. I have a horrible background. That's not always the case. So I don't know. You bring well, up a great point. More of it is like, it, I mean, part of it was last year in COVID people couldn't really hang out, but at the same time, we are more and more moving towards, I mean, I know, like I, I used to be a very social people always around me type of guy, but more and more as I get older, it's more like I find myself, me and my wife uh, living our life, doing our day to day and having like a lot of screen time with different things, like whether it's business, whether it's me talking to clients, whether it's even me talking to friends, it's either you're like texting or whatever. It's like you just see people less often unless you really want to see them. Like I'm going to go home. It's Father's Day today. You're going to go see your dad. I'm going to see my dad. Like, you know, we have to make time for those occasions to go and, and spend time with family. But I feel like that's what's large majority of the issue is that we do spend too much time on our phones. So if we came across as a source of help, like I get the same thing. Like I get 10 year olds that are telling me that, that I've been smoking weed for five years. I'm like, what, what? Like how? <laughs> 10. How, how, how? Yeah. And like, what's that going to look like when they're 15 and then 20 and then 30? Like, I don't, like, like, I don't know. Well, let's talk a little bit about the program then, because like part of what I did, I start, started to create more of a motivational group rather than just like an addiction uh, recovery situation, which is a hand in hand, but more of like, OK, you don't feel motivated. Cool. Like, let's let's hold you accountable. Like you wanted to do this one thing. Are you sticking to this little tiny goal that you have? Let's just start with that and see if we can build a snowball effect off of it. You know, so talk to me a little bit about like what is your approach when it comes to the addiction and uh, for people that want to help? You know, what, how, how do you usually approach it with, with each individual? So it's, it's very individualized, or at least it has been. We are moving more to a group style coaching. But the so if you struggle with an addiction, I always say chances are you're a pretty brilliant person because you got, you got work ethic. You know how to grind. You know how to hustle. You always mm. know how to come up with money. You're persistent as hell when you want the substance. So like you have traits that you can't teach a lot of people. Mm. Like you, you get knocked down over and over. You knock yourself down daily, yet you keep getting back up for more and more and more and more and more. Like a lot of people would quit at that point or they just give up. That's yeah. why not everyone gets addicted to drugs. They're like, I can't do this every day. This is exhausting. Well, they say so if like, you're okay. broke, you can't buy it. And you're like, you're, you're no longer addicted. But if you are persisting in your folly, it's like, dude, you, I love that. You're so you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You're very, you're a very impressive person. So I say, and you see this, you see this with people who used to have very serious addictions. Oprah yeah. Winfrey, Tyler Perry, Grant Cardone, uh, like him or hate him, the my pillow guy. Like a lot of these people my are crazy. Pillow. Like you know, crack addictions and this and that. And it's like they're 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 persistent. Like yeah. I said, whether you like their messages or hate their messages, these people are persistent. That's a valid point. Valid point. They don't stop. So I say, listen, we all have this same quality. So what if we take these qualities and we become addicted? to building that better future for ourselves. And that's very similar to what you do. And that's a lot where we focus. So I don't go into the depression or the anxiety. That all plays a role, no doubt. Sure, yes. I, I you know, the family trauma, I am very focused on like, where do you kind of see yourself going and what little steps do you have to take to get there? So maybe the person says, oh, I want to be successful. I want to make more money. Well, what do you need to do to do that? And hopefully at one point they're like, well, I need more energy to go to work. How can we get more energy? Maybe I need to start working out. All right. Have you ever been to a gym? No. Do you go for walks? I haven't, but I could. All right. So our, our main goal is we're going to make you more money somehow. I don't know how. 
But we got to start with getting you outside for a walk every day. Yes. Just because you're not going to make more money sitting in your bedroom stoned playing Call of Duty, which is fine. I'm not installing Call of Duty or gain high and playing it. Just for that person, it wasn't working. That's all. For that person. If you're unhappy and you're doing those things, it's not working. That's it's it. not working. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Some people are very happy doing those things. Yeah. Keep doing them. But um, so so that's that's how we start with people. And then we try and help them realize those natural talents and those natural traits that yeah. they have. And our hope is, and this is kind of like, you know, conversations like I'm having with you and, you know, maybe we'll have more in the future, just introducing them to different ideas. Like you said, what do you do with the person who truly has no ideas? Most people who come to our programs have some idea. They're like, I want to be this. Mm-hmm. I want to accomplish this. And then we're just trying to help them get away from the addiction and refocus all that addictive energy into accomplishing this new thing. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, we do need more of, hey, here's different people who do different things. Does this interest you? Would you be interested in learning from someone who runs their own podcast? Is that something you wanted to do when you grow up? Would you be interested in learning from someone who has a YouTube channel? We can connect you to someone who can mentor you in that. I love that. That's the, yeah, that's the direct. Do you want to be an athlete? Let's try and connect you to someone who's done really well as a college athlete. And let's have you talk to them about what they did to get there. We That's the part that we need to develop further. Hmm. But that's that's the vision of addiction. Oh, I'd love to help you with that. That sounds awesome to me too. I think that it, I think both of our groups can benefit with that. Like it, it, it's huge, right? So yeah. like, and that's really that motivational part. Like I tell people I'm very good or I've gotten good at helping. I trip people up about their addiction. They'll talk to me and they'll be like, I really like smoking weed, man. I don't know what to tell you. I really like vaping. I don't know what to, I want to quit, but I love it. Yeah. And then by the end of the 40 well, obviously minutes, you love it. That's why you do it. Exactly. <laughs> and then by the end of the 40 minutes, they're like confused. They're talking to me and they're like, I don't know. Maybe I don't like it as much as I thought I did. And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. And they're like, well, fuck, I just talked to you. And now I don't know what I think. And that's my goal, like to trip up that thought process, to trip up that addiction and just get the person thinking about their life differently. And the biggest Um, unlock is the one where you said you go into like telling them that, look, you're super powerful. The fact that you keep coming back. I mean, that's a, that's a gem. I like that. That's, that's, that's the key to our program. Like hitting little points like that, like that in fear of missing out. Well, I'm worried about missing out. You're already missing out. You're telling me you want to be an all-star athlete. Yeah. You're getting high. What are the things you need to do to become an athlete? Well, I need to exercise, Exercise. eating, diet, nutrition. So those are all your micro goals that you need to start to focus on to get to this bigger goal. Are you missing out on all those micro goals? Yes. Okay, so you're already missing out. So you're not actually fearful of missing out on weed. You're fearful of missing out on the further opportunity that you have in your life. That's what you're actually afraid of. Yeah. Um, You're just using this addiction, whatever it is now. And And we tell people, we help pull people out of that. I tell people addiction is the most uncomfortable comfort zone. So you're stuck in this comfort zone but it's the most uncomfortable place in the world. And it's really screwed up. So I tell him like, look, you're already used to being uncomfortable. A lot of people aren't like a lot of people aren't. You've become so good at being uncomfortable. It's now comfortable for you. You're there every day. 
You're there every day. So go fucking pick up the phone and call that person that you want the job with. Yeah. Go fucking challenge that other athlete that you got to get in the ring with or whatever it is. You know, I'm just yeah. spewing. No, but that's out. a like, fact. That's that's go, true. Go film a YouTube video. Who cares? You yeah. saw my background. I just removed a bunch of pink pillows in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like, I've, I've been uncomfortable my whole life. Like, yeah. it's not. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I was uncomfortable for nine years. So now I'm very comfortable. That's where we try and kind of motivate people and push them. And then kind of like you talk about the next step would be connecting them to that next level of where they're trying to go and where they're trying to get to. Yeah. Um, and that's a long process. You know, well, I talk about this. Let me yeah. ask you this. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting when I was talking to some of the young adults that I talked to is, Hey, you tell me you want to quit and you're, let's say in your twenties. So you want to tell me that you, in your entire 60 plus years of life that you have left, you never, ever want to smoke weed again. And the answer is always like, well, no, it's like, so what you're asking me is you don't want to quit. You want to find a better balance in your life, right? Like it's not that, what do you, you tell me you're never going to smoke weed, never going to drink again, never going to enjoy any substance of any kind. Like, what do you mean? Like, how, how are you going to live like that? If that's, if, if you've already had a taste for it, it's like, it's like if you've never had it. I can understand that's one thing, but if yeah. you've, if you've already had it, how are you going to tell me? It's like, you know, I, I like cigars, you know, and it's actually the cleanest way of having tobacco. And I'm like, what you going to tell me? I'm never going to have a cigar in my life. Like, hell no, of course I will. So it's like more of a balance act, figure out like, how can you, you know, do this more in a, in an efficient manner where you're not feeling the guilt of your pleasures so much rather. Right. So like, what does that, does that hit anything for you? It, it does. It's interesting. So for me, people ask me if I drink alcohol and I'll still have alcohol on occasion. Now, alcohol for me was never a major issue. Yeah. Now I think alcohol is one of the most toxic. So I think that's yeah. more harmful than weed and just as oh, bad it's as the most it. available. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's truly toxic. It's taxing on your liver, your kidneys, your heart rate, just everything gets damaged by it. But I like, I like having drinks. I'll still have drinks with friends. Sometimes that's something I'll do. So that's something that I do in a very controlled way. Now, you know, I got a weekend away with friends, whatever. We'll have a few drinks. Um, uh, weed for me, I have no interest in, I just, for me, I just no longer, I don't want, I had that fun in my life. That was mm. part of my life. And now I'm past that point. Like to me, there is no benefit. That joy is gone. So I don't actually miss it. That's one for me where I can say, yeah, I'll comfortably never have weed again. I cigars, like I know the feeling of a cigar, like you have a cigar for a wedding, this and that. I'm like to say I'll never have a cigar again is probably unreasonable. There's a point where I may choose to have a cigar or something. Yeah. Now, here's the difference. I'm not going to get hooked on cigars. I'm just, I'm not. It's too much work. It's an hour it's, a day, bro. Like it's, just sitting it's there. an hour a day. I smell <laughs> bad. Like that's a process. Yeah. Um, even cigarettes, which I smoked when I was very young, I was never, I just kind of did them, but I could take them or leave them. I wouldn't smoke a cigarette again just because why the hell would I have a cigarette? Like, that's just stupid. Um, vape, I don't really have interest in it. Chewing tobacco is an interesting one. That's something, if I have it again, that would probably be a full-blown a full blown down a cycle where I'm just going to go right back to my old habits. Mm. That was my choice tobacco product. Like dip chewing. and stuff? 
Oh yeah. That was like, I love dip and you know, I dip, I then like rip a vape in between while I got a dip in, you got five or six drinks with you. You're really buzzing at that point. Oh, you're um, next level. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a lot of nicotine and alcohol. So, so certain things I know I will stay away from, but for me, it's not a bad thing. Like I can comfortably say I'll never smoke weed again. And at this point in my life, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. If I were to say, oh, I'm never going to have a drink again. Well, that's stupid. That would be like what you're saying. Like, I know I'm going to have a drink again, but those handful of drinks, I also know aren't going to screw up my life. I'm, I don't have a problem with drinking. Well, would you like, also suggest, say rather than when anybody's like, I will never do this again. And they come up with that conclusion, especially at a younger age, why not just figure out like how you you can deal with the most immediate thing that's more important to you now. It's like, okay, yeah, I was not saying I'll never smoke weed again, but it's important for me to, you know, lose 15 pounds to actually make sure that my metabolism is back to make sure that I'm in a balanced state and I'm just not just like flying off into outer space and now my relationships and business and everything else is falling apart. Like rather than trying to like set up a forever goal like that you don't know the future of, kind of just focusing on the the immediates, right? That's a really, so that's a very interesting perspective. And I can, so there's, I, it's funny because I almost say both of those things in one sentence. Um, and I like your perspective on it. I like it. So let me look at it this way. So there's two ways I can break that down. Way number one, and this is my most common advice to people. I say, this is all you're going to say to yourself today. There's a lot of things I can do today. There's a lot of things I need to do today. I'm just not going to do this. And then I say a few days might add up to a few weeks, to a few months, to a few years, and we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see how far you go with that. But it truly is just one day at a time. Like you can't smoke weed today, but you can go outside for a walk or go to the gym or do your homework, whatever it is. And that's kind of along that approach, like one day at a time, it's one day at a time. Now for others, and this is where I fell into this at least early on with with nicotine, not so much weed, but with more so nicotine, I would have these things in my head where I'd say like, okay, I quit, I'm done. But then my, when you're truly so addicted, like, and I don't like talking about addiction as a disease model because it really is like, I'm, I'm going to get killed for this. Like, it's not a choice, but like it is like you're human. They've done studies. Like your human brain is actively picking up a cigarette and lighting it. Like you are actively making that choice. And the vape is easier. Just pocket to mouth. The, the vape is easier. That's right. So like, but now addiction is defined as a disease of the brain. So, yeah. th so many would argue that's not a choice. And of course, no one wants to kill themselves slowly over 40 years to get cancer from smoking. No one wants to do that. Um, but they are picking up that cigarette and lighting it. So here's, here's where I'm going, I guess. Um, for me to quit nicotine and not everyone's the same. I had to say under no circumstances, will I do this again? Mm -hmm. Because for me, I truly am fearful. If I were to go down the, the rabbit hole of nicotine, that would be something that I may or may not be able to snap out of. I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing. I don't want to deal with it. So for me in those circumstances, I'm talking about chewing tobacco, vaping, you know, I, cigars could be hit or miss. Although I was offered a cigar at a wedding in April and I just said no, but I was, I just didn't want it. It was, I didn't want to smell bad. I didn't want to shower afterwards. It was just more, just too much work. Sure. So, so I think there could be both scenarios because what happens is some people they're like, okay, so I will do this again, but then again, might be like two weeks later. 
they might say like, they might not even get through that first two weeks of sobriety because they're already finding circumstances where they're going to partake in it again. Mm. So I really think that's a very tough question. Versus like just saying, I will never do it. You're like, I've already compartmentalized this decision forever. and, 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 and here's one of the things that I, that I argue about addiction, depending on the, the addiction and where someone wants to be, someone might not want to quit for forever. Yeah. Someone might want to just quit for a temporary period to see if they can get hold of it and then try again. Like I would never tell someone not to do that. I'd say, great idea. Let's see how that looks. Let's play that out. Yeah. I'll help you get sober for a month. And then you start smoking again or start drinking again. And let's see how you look after a month. Are, are you happy? Yeah. Okay, fine. Great. We accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Um, I always said one of my biggest flaws with addiction was indecisiveness. Um, I was always very indecisive. Yes. So I would make up my mind about something, but I didn't really make up my mind about something. I'm going to quit today. Nope. Didn't quit today. What are you going to do? Fuck it. And tomorrow's another day. I'm going to do this today. Nope. Didn't do it today. And that spilled over into multiple areas in my life. So for me, I said, you know what? I need to start being decisive in what I do. I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So if I say I'm quitting nicotine, I'm done with nicotine. And I better mean it because I don't want to backtrack anymore. Because when I backtrack in one area of my life and my decisiveness, it spilled it's over into... It, it spilled for me. Now I know with alcohol, I don't feel that way because I don't have the relationship with alcohol that I did with nicotine and, and eventually what turned into be weed for me. Hmm. So alcohol, I would never say that. I might say, oh, I'm not going to drink for a little bit just because, you know, I drank too much, maybe at a party or what, you know what I mean? Some stupid because sure. I was stupid, but that's, I hope that makes sense. But no, I do it does. think it's because uh, I agree the same forever might be too overwhelming, but I tell people, you know, take it day by day. Like a lot of things I can do today. I just shouldn't do this, but I don't want that person then making excuses saying like, well, yeah, I said I was going to quit, but I have about 20 scenarios that justify me using it now all of a sudden. Mm. And I can't even get this person past three months of sobriety with it. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. I'm glad I asked that question because that's something that I actually... Uh, kind of go with my own personal use is like, I don't think I would never want to smoke weed again. Um, because now that I know the benefits of it for me, like I, I have a volatile kind of mental health in ways. Like I have get very aggressive and that's what made me a very good bodybuilder and a successful and a championship winning one at that. That's but awesome. that also doesn't help with a relationship with my wife or with my business. So I have to be very, you know, balanced. So that's where meditation and yoga are the good uh, tools that I use every day and, and still like exercising. I'm not trying to like be a competitive guy again. So, but, but I have to still create that sort of competitive scenario. So I've noticed weed gives me that perspective shift at times if I keep it balanced, you know, but, but then that's really my, I always talk about the balance thing, but at the end of the day, you're right. If the balance portion is a facade for you to then have leverage points or, or deleveraging yourself rather, right? Like to get into that habit again, then that's a problem. Like I know I have an addictive personality and I will, I will abuse stuff because I'll just be like, oh, this is great. Let me just do more of it. More is only better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's, yeah. you know, I, I know you got to jump, but I, I wanted to just ask about this portion because I was very curious on your talk about gym community and people abusing supplements. 
the reason is like I've been there, right? Like I was like I was telling you just I was a bodybuilder and all. Like I've probably taken everything under the sun. You can imagine that requires for high performance athletes. Yeah. And I saw that whole culture. And the reason I walked away from all of that and when I stopped competing, I think the reason I started to get really depressed is because I wanted nothing to do with it because I realized I started to want to be healthy and I looked really great on the outside, but on the inside, I'm probably like killing myself in a worse way and my body's not doing great. But to people that say like, oh man, but I got to have my like pre-workout and now pre-workouts are so sketch these days. I mean, they've always been sketch from day one, but there's some good ones, but there's a lot of weird stimulants. Like, how would you tell someone that is so in that environment? Because you don't want them to like not go to the gym because now they're not taking these supplements and that's what their like ritual is. Like, what was what would you be your thought on that? I really wanted to hear that. That's why I was like, I gotta ask yeah. him before he like he goes on. You know? No, that's a really <laughs> tough one because like like I said, there was a point where I did stop going to the gym. Like that happened. Like I just didn't have the motivation. I was like, yeah. well, I don't know. There was probably zero dopamine circulating in my body for like two weeks when I quit all this stuff. Um. Yeah. I, I, my thing would be is just trying and, and no one could have told like my mom used to tell me like, don't take that. That's bad for you. I'd be like, mom, you're she was saying my mom would say the same thing. Bro. You know, I'd be like, it's just <laughs> caffeine and your coffee has just as much. And oh, it, wasn't, it wasn't just as much. Here's, here's where I started to, to despise it or where I see it in a bigger picture. Yeah. It wasn't just caffeine. So they've, They've got you on the taste, the addiction to the taste, you know, the raspberry, watermelon, Kool-Aid flavor. That's just hyper freaking sweet. Like the synthetic sugar shit too. It's not even so synthetic. Exactly. So you combine that with really high levels of caffeine, let's say 200, 300 milligrams with other stimulants based. Some of them got DMAA, maybe some of them don't these days. Okay. Um, and you're much more now beyond just caffeine and a coffee. Like you're, you're yeah. much farther than that. So what's going to happen over time is you're going to build a dependence. Like that's just life. Like when you drink a lot of caffeine, even coffee, and this is okay. I'm not saying it's bad. People become dependent on For it sure. and they go through a headache withdrawal and things like that when they quit. So I just say like, how long-term, if you're in this for the short term, maybe it's fine. If you're like, screw it. I'm going to juice. I'm going to get psyched up. I'm going to win competitions and I'm just going to rip it for the next 10 years. And that's really what you want to do. Like, okay, fine. But if your goal is like long-term health, how long are you really going to sustain taking these pre-workout products and this lifestyle of like stimulant abuse before something shuts down? Like something's going to get you. And, And for me, I think I can't like totally confirm this or deny it. And again, there was nicotine and weed and other stuff I I was consuming, but I think it put me in a complete state of like just adrenal burnout because here I am after a 10 hour workday. Now I'm going to pound all this caffeine and I'm going to go push it in the gym for two hours, just squatting, deadlifting, these really intense taxing central nervous system exercises. And I'm going to do this on repeat for the next few years. And I think long-term that's not going to be sustainable for a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. And then that's where I think you wind up seeing the guy that's like 30. Who's like, I just, I can't even drink herbal tea anymore. Cause I'm so, and that's me. Like I can barely tolerate coffee now. Like your system's going to get screwed up. So yeah, 
all I can say to those people is like, I don't know, stimulant free stuff doesn't bother me as much as long as it's like truly stimulant free. It's a reputable company, but try and get back to just like coffee or something. If you really need something, try and tone it back. And then two, the marketing, like I'm, I'm, I'm very easy to influence. Well, hold on before you go to the go marketing, because I think you would like this. I think the other part, part of this that's very important to call out is that if you are constantly in an energy deprived state, you need to assess wh- what is your actual lifestyle like, dude? Like, are you waking up at a good amount of like time of sleep and all that stuff? Are you making sure that you're eating the right foods? If you're eating only like bad carbs, obviously that's going to drain your energy. If you're only eating just like trans fats and nasty stuff, that's just like pulling your energy down, of course, you're going to want to take like all this cold brew and like all this. I mean, coffee is like only getting bigger, dude. Like I thought Starbucks was when we reached the apex. We're not even, that was like the peak of a, like a a foot of another mountain to go. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy, dude. So like I I can hear, I hear what you're saying, but I think the reason I bring that up is because I was, my eyes were opened about that when I went to learn about yoga and meditation with a thing, a company, not company, the foundation called Isha Foundation. You know, this guy, Sadhguru, he's pretty popular on YouTube right okay. now. And 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 he's talked about all this, like, if you need all those substances to, like, make yourself feel energized, there's something wrong with your system. You should be able to generate energy. That's what we do. And that you've suppressed it somehow. And that's why you need all these other things. And that just really opened my head up. I was like, whoa, he's, he's right. Like, that's, that is the real problem is that I'm not taking care of my system. And so now I need these additional things to get myself going and not to like demonize it completely, but like, that's the, that's the reality though. It's like, at least know what it is and then see how far away from it you are, you know? And I just want to point that out before we went to the marketing thing, but go ahead. (laughs) You know what? I don't think you could have pointed that out better because I'll throw something in there with the marketing to you. So I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Could, couldn't agree more was blind to that until I realized that like, I'm not taking care of myself. That's why I feel this way. That's why I need, I'm getting so high every night. And God knows what, that's why I need this energy to wake up. Now, the marketing, though, they do such an incredible job of convince, not convincing you that you need it, but kind of convincing you that you need it. Sure, like I mean, feel, yeah. five hour energy, feeling sluggish after your midday lunch break. Well, you ate a bowl of pasta for lunch. That's why you're tired, actually. But go ahead, like have two five hour energies that should pep you back up. Now, it's the marketing, them telling you, they're telling you that you're crashing during the middle of the day on a commercial. They're telling you that you need pre-workout to work out. Even the name of it, pre-workout. Why? Wait, I don't need pre-workout to work out. Since when did this happen? Since when did my body need pre-workout to work out? Like it's the, the marketing is unbelievable. And then you take Ray's Bang Energy, all these companies, uh, Rockstar back when they were good, get attractive girls, attractive guys drinking these products, get high-end influencers marketing these products. And again, not dissing anyone, like it, it's fine. No, it's just the reality. But, yeah. but just see what it is you're getting sucked into. And that's where I became like very offended. I felt like a sheep. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't need pre-workout to work out. Mm. I'm not hanging out with these bang girls. Like that's not my lifestyle right now. I'm drinking a bang stoned in my room at 10 PM because I don't know why. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. So like that's, 
that's kind of what started to piss me off about it. And now the way that it's marketed as this healthy, like they look healthy. You get some radiant, attractive guy or girl and they just, it looks so good and so healthy. And it's just for a lot of people, it's not going to be that way. It's just, it's not, it's not fair. And it's that marketing They're you know, so and, and there's nothing wrong. They're brilliant companies like that's genius. Like they're I have a lot of respect for those companies, but yeah. I don't want to be one of their people that's targeted. I don't want to fall for that anymore. So, man, Frank, this has been a great conversation. I hope you feel the same. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. No, I hope we do. This is my first time doing a podcast thing. So well, I, I just had, I, for those of you listening, just so you know, I had to get on this guy. I had to find out, make sure he, he would come on this podcast because I uh, really I, thought we could do some good damage together. Good. No, I yeah, I had a lot of fun. I hope to do more. Yeah, no, I'm come I'm, back I'm, again, man. When you have some more time, I, I definitely can pick your brain some more. And I think we and I could create some good content. If anything, we should just keep in touch. Um, and I just agree. keep talking about like the strategy because I want to learn more about the program. And I was telling you, you know, I've been getting asked to come to some mental health clinics. I'd like to be, you know, collectively, we're all we're doing the same thing, you know. Definitely. I'm happy to talk to you about that too. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Like, you know, man, it really is. People don't see that side of it, but, and, and you guys are getting to watch it firsthand on my TikTok and my YouTube. It is like, it's the birth of a business. Like you're watching someone who's trying to build a business, trying to figure it out. Like, it's really a fascinating thing. Like the, to get to the public speaking, to get to the podcast to get to the TikTok. Like, I don't know. It's really cool. I don't know. It's fun, but you learn a lot along the way. Like, but you got to learn, like, how do you write emails to people? Once you have an email list, how do you, what do you do with the course? Do you give it, we're giving our course away for free now, but yeah. do you give it away for free? Do you sell it? Do you, uh, I don't know. There's, that's fun to talk about. I would love to. You'd love fun. to have a conversation with my wife. She's all about like this, the side, side hustle, small business marketing and all and, and managing and operations. We'll have to t- have, have a conversation, the three okay. of us. Of course. No, yeah. that'd be fun. No, I'd love to. I'd love to. Very good. Cool, and brother. I public speaking. Good. I know I want to let you go. It's it's getting late at there. And so I'd really appreciate the extra time this morning. It's It's been a pleasure. And for the rest of you guys, make sure you check out Doc Frank here on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. He's making great content. Frank, let him know if there's anything else you want to target or navigate them to. And No, that's it. YouTube, it's under... <laughs> stupid how I set this up. Lessons learned. Always use the same username across all your platforms. Um, <laughs> it's Addiction Mindset YouTube, Doc Frank here, TikTok, Addiction Mindset Instagram. Very all confusing. Good, good. But Just, yeah, well, there you go. If you find him in one place, you'll find him other places. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know, you know. It's, it's around. It's yeah. around. All right, Frank. Well, have a great rest of your day. And the rest of you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for checking out this show. I really appreciate your time. And I can't wait to hear from you. If you want to give me any feedback or want to get in touch, know someone that I should put on the show, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are online, you bet you can find me there. Just search for The Real Abinov. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.